What's up, everybody? This is Carlos Colazzo uh, bringing you a draft podcast. I'm recording this on Friday, May 29th. We are just 12 days away from the highly anticipated 2020 draft. Obviously, one of the more unique drafts we've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to start putting out a few more draft-focused podcasts kind of as we get closer, uh, talking through the class, having a few conversations with some players in the class who could be in play on the first day of the draft. Today, we have an interview with Carson Tucker, uh, one of the better shortstops in the class this year. He was a guy who was one of the few high school players who, who was kind of able to raise his stock, uh, being kind of a Southern State kid who got a chance to get some games in and play in front of scouts. So excited to pass along that interview uh, here in a couple minutes. But before we get into that, just want to push some of the stuff that we have on the website right now. If you haven't checked in in a bit, uh, a lot of the content that we produce for our draft preview magazine is now starting to get online so you can read that if you don't subscribe to the print product which i would recommend i think this year's draft preview issue is probably my personal favorite in the four years i've been involved with producing that specific issue it's, it's definitely the biggest that we've ever done uh, and it was a lot of fun to do that but uh, on the website today uh, and depending on when you're listening to this there will probably be more stories online that you can check out uh, but but a fun one that i at least said i enjoyed writing it was uh, kind of how scouting departments are sifting through making decisions on smaller sample sizes this year. Uh, I think it's interesting just looking at some of the players in, in recent drafts, like Cameron Misner's and Daniel Lynch's of the world, who uh, were either trending up or down later in the season. Obviously, this year, teams didn't have the time to kind of see those progressions, whether they were going in the right direction or the wrong direction. Uh, so just kind of the challenges that scouting departments are facing uh, when sorting through four week, three week samples and trying to sort out the signal from the noise and figure out what's real. I thought it was fascinating to kind of get in the heads of some people who are really having to go through those challenges and see what the solutions were. Additionally, uh, we've got a feature on Asa Lacey. We have a feature on Spencer Torkelson. If you haven't seen those, two of the top ranked guys in the class, obviously the top ranked bat in Spencer Torkelson and the top ranked pitcher overall in the class and Asa Lacey, two really good features by Teddy Cahill and Joe Healy, respectively, our college team. Uh, and then JJ Cooper also has an interesting piece kind of putting the top arms in this 2020 class and the 2019 class kind of in the same list and ranking them all together. Obviously, 2019's pitching class was one of the weakest we've ever seen. Uh, this 2020 class is kind of the opposite of that. It's very strong, particularly on the college side. So just kind of putting those classes and those arms in context and seeing how they would rank, uh, I thought was fascinating because a number 10 prospect uh, in a different class means means very different things, kind of depending on the strength of that class, obviously. So those are just a few pieces that I would point you to if you have not checked out the website lately. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this awesome interview with Carson Tucker. Really appreciate him taking the time and just kind of talking through his process and what this has all been like for him as he prepares for either the draft or college at the next level. Uh, so let's jump into that. Today we're joined by Carson Tucker, one of the top shortstop prospects in the 2020 class. Carson, thank you for joining us today. How's it going, man? Yeah, all good. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no doubt. I want to get into your story and kind of talk about what you've been up to over the past few months. Uh, obviously, this is a strange situation that everyone is dealing with, uh, especially so for guys like you, who this was kind of the big season, the big spring in your draft year, high school season. I guess let's just kind of go back to when you realized things were getting shut down 
uh, the season was going to be ended and, and really you weren't going to do, be able to do all the things that, that you were planning for the entire off season. What was kind of your, your mindset when you started realizing that was happening? Yeah. Um, it started when we had our first week of games, we played three games. It was like a, a Tuesday, a Thursday and a Friday. So we got, we got through the first week and then that following week was supposed to be the boys classic tournament. So a bunch of teams were coming in and all that. And I knew a bunch of friends that were out of state that were saying like, yo, we're coming in and all that. And then we started seeing stuff like certain schools started to get like closed or suspended, I guess. It started out as like a suspension kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so we started hearing about that. And then our, our tournament got rained out. The whole boys classic got rained out. And like that, that week, that week went through. And then we started hearing about like the, the quarantine stuff in school, they started getting suspended. So that's like kind of when we started to figure out. So I guess that first week, that Friday game was our last game. And we were like, yo, like this is pretty crazy. Like this could be our last game or whatever. And we were trying to like fight to get in games and all that. But obviously that didn't work because like the whole, the whole COVID stuff going on. But yeah, we started figuring out around like the boys classic tournament when we got suspended and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, I, I can't imagine not being able to play my high school senior season. I feel free. I know. But um, kind of in the meantime, I know the conversation around a lot of players has been with what they're able to do in the downtime to kind of stay in baseball shape. Obviously, the draft is still coming up. That's going to be a big decision for a lot of you guys. Uh, and you've significantly increased your stock just with the, the gains you made over the offseason. But what – and we can get into that. But what are some of the things that you've been able to do in the meantime? Yeah, I mean, um, there's some, there's a few places open, whether it's, like, a gym or a workout place or, like, mm-hmm. cages. So, I mean, um, we have, like, some pretty good access out here. I'm hitting with, like, my brother and Scott Kingery and Cody Bellinger and all of them and Jamie Westbrook and those guys. So, we, we, we go into the cage and work a little bit in there and, like, take ground balls and all that. And then mm-hmm. um, I've been working out at Fisher Sports a little bit. They've been open for, like, certain guys, certain baseball guys. And then also my friend has a weight room in his garage that we work at. And then we just run in his road and just do speed stuff there. So mm-hmm. I've, I've, been, I've been having a lot of access out here for, like, just sustained baseball shape pretty much. Yeah, that's awesome. And a lot of guys who, who are in the pro game already that you can kind of soak up information with as well. What, what's it like just being able to work out with guys like that? Yeah, I mean, I've known them since I was little, so I, I'm pretty close to them, and we grew up, and mm-hmm. we were pretty comfortable together. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to talk to them about certain stuff, whether it's baseball or just life in general. Mm-hmm. So it's always really fun and, and good for me just to have resources like that around me. Yeah, no, and obviously your brother was a first-round pick in 2014 with the Pirates. Uh, so you've been around the game at a high level basically your whole life. Um, I kind of wanted to just ask you what that's like having him kind of I – don't, I don't know if necessarily lead, lead the way for you is the best way to phrase it, but at least have him kind of yeah. go through the process before you. Um, what is it like to kind of watch him and be able to be more informed than maybe some other kids in your position are about kind of the process and what it entails? Yeah, obviously having him is definitely an advantage that I use over guys and to other people because I know, like, what it's like up ahead and getting through the minor leagues and getting to the big leagues and what the life is like and hanging around with big leaguers and MVPs and all that. So Mm -hmm. I know, like, what it's like and what it takes and what they go through and their work ethic and stuff like that. So I definitely use him and, like, the resources I have as an advantage for myself and my game. Is there anything that that Cole specifically has told you or or one of these other guys has – uh, kind of imparted on you that you've added to your game or has maybe elevated yourself, whether that's in recent years or even a long time ago when you were still kind of young, figuring everything out? Yeah, I think it, I think it's just a mentality you have to have. You're, you're there for a reason with wherever you are, whether you're in rookie ball or double-A, triple-A or big leagues, whatever, you're there for a reason. So, like, no matter if you're struggling or doing good or any of that, just know you're there for a reason. 
and that and that you're good enough to be there and have that mindset that you're, you're the best player on the field and that, that'll keep motivating you and keep you going through baseball even through the good and good and the struggles yeah no doubt so just kind of that like mental aspect of everything yeah for sure and then kind of just getting into your specific game uh, we have a full scattering report of you up on baseballamerica.com. But for people who are, who are maybe not familiar with you or want to know a little bit more about you, how would, how would you describe yourself as a player? From my perspective, kind of looking from the outside, looking in, just very well-rounded at all parts of the game. Uh, and then yeah. obviously with the gains you made over the offseason, maybe taking that to another level. But how would you describe your game? Yeah, for sure. I think all around I'm a, I'm a good athlete. I'm a good player all around with whatever tools you need. Um, I make the routine plays. I make the crazy plays. I, I, I get the job done on the field, um, whether it's on a box or defensively. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm there to win. I'm, I'm there to do anything to win, whether whether it's executing on the pitch or making a play or whatever that is. And I think I'm, the, I'm there for a reason. I'm there to win and be the best player on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Then kind of wanted to go into your offseason workout. Or we could probably go back to last summer, actually, just to kind of get this started. But you were at a number of high-profile events, obviously, PDP League, a number of the big showcases over the summer. What is that summer like? Because for me, from my perspective, it's kind of the entry point for the upcoming draft class is where I kind of, uh, with a few exceptions, is where I kind of put eyes on guys for the first time and kind of see the class start to kind of fletch itself out. But from your perspective, you're hopping around all over the country playing some of the best high school players in the nation. What is that summer like? I know it's a grind, but how do you kind of handle that and go through it? Yeah, it's definitely a grind, but I think personally you just got to take it in and use it as you're trying to get yourself out there and show these scouts and these schools and all that and com- and ha- give them like a range of like where, where you compare to the other best high school baseball players in the country. So I think it's just like trying to get yourself out there and get yourself looks for, for like the upcoming fall mm-hmm. one spring for that before the draft and all that. So I think it's, it definitely helps and it's a good thing to get out there during the summer and, and get active. Does it take – a while at all to adjust to the level of pitchers that you're seeing? Cause obviously you're in a good area for baseball for high school. Um, not to say it's bad, yeah. but when you're going up against maybe the top guys in the country day in and day out a little bit more consistently, is there, is there any kind of adjustment period for that? Or is that something where you've been playing uh, against older guys and facing older, older guys your whole career? Is that something you're a little bit more used to? Yeah, I think it's more of an adjustment earlier on the summer because you're coming off a high school spring season. You're not usually seeing, like you said, like the, those high talented pitchers or other players. So I think it, more of the adjustment is just um, at the beginning of the summer and getting used to that. But once you once you get into it, you just got to keep rolling throughout the summer and finish strong and all that. No doubt. Are there any pitchers that you thought were particularly tough at bats? Who who was maybe the the biggest competition you had over the summer? Or I guess throughout your high school career. Yeah, I mean, I'm close with Mick Abel and Jared mm-hmm. Kelly. I, I didn't get to face them this summer, but everyone's saying they're they're pretty nasty. So I'd probably say those two are up there. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have good careers whether they go to college or pro ball, or whatever that is. But I think just just from hearing from others, those two are probably the top two that I that I've seen and watched. Okay, awesome. And then as far as like double play partners or guys that you played the infield with, is there anyone who stands out that that either you really kind of meshed well with in those looks, or that you admire kind of aspects of their game? Yeah, um, I mean, I got pretty close with a lot of guys over the summer, but I've known them for a while, like Robert Moore, uh, mm-hmm. Milan Tolentino. Uh, I got close with Ed Howard this summer. We we bonded pretty good. Um, probably those guys are, are like my guys that I that can, that I can roll with through the summer that I got pretty close with that are really good baseball players, obviously. Yeah, pretty good middle infield core right there. Definitely. 
And you mentioned talking about some of these guys having careers in, in college or pro ball. Uh, for all the guys that you mentioned, I feel like both avenues are are there for them. But for you, committed to Texas, uh, that program is in the top five for total commits in the 2020 class for RBA 500 at least. What about that program kind of drew you there and what made you commit to Texas and what do you like about the program? What are you looking forward to? It, yeah, obviously, obviously their past success in baseball is, is pretty historic and obviously really good. And I think once I got there, meeting the new coaches and seeing how the players interact on the field and with the coaches and their mentality to win and get better is like all is what I wanted as a mm -hmm. player. Obviously I want to win and be better and get to the highest level. And I feel like going, if I, if I go there, or when I get there, I think they have the best shot of getting me to the highest level. And obviously winning a national championship for that school too would be pretty mm -hmm. special. So yeah. I think just the program all around and their fan base and all that is a special place to be for baseball. For sure. Are there any players that have come through the program before that, that you admire, that you've kind of looked at and, and been impressed with? Obviously there's a lot to choose from, but anyone that jumps out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool with Trey Faltine, who's currently there. I know he said he loves yeah. it there. I, we wanted pretty good when I was over there for my fish. So I met him. And, uh, I mean, just, just like all around their baseball, I watched videos on them in the past, like College World Series or mm -hmm. Big 12 Championships, whatever that is, and just watching their team and how they play and, like, how energetic it is in that stadium. Uh, it, it's a place I want to be for sure. Yeah. For my money, too, I think they've got the best uniforms in college baseball. That's something we've talked about internally. Yeah, they're colors, yeah they got the colors and the uniforms and everything. They're pretty sweet. It's such a sleek look. I love it. All right, that's yeah. awesome. And then kind of getting into the the fall and the off season, um, from our perspective, scouts were really impressed with kind of the developments that you showed, uh, just yeah. the physicality and the increased speed that you showed. What was kind of your mindset heading into that off season and what, what were you able to do to kind of um, take your game to that next level? Yeah, I think I think it was just a thing to kind of separate myself and get and get faster and stronger to like separate my game from others. Because obviously you got dudes who can hit, they can feel, they can throw and all that. But I think just working on the other stuff that can impact your game all around um, is definitely something I've focused on. Mm -hmm. So I think getting faster and stronger kind of impacted all aspects of my game, whether it was obviously running and the strength, but the hitting and defense and all that. And it, it, it obviously showed, and I think it was a good idea for me to do that this fall. What was kind of like a day-to-day -day routine for you in the offseason? Um, in the off season, obviously I was during school, so we would wake up at six forty-five and work out at school, like weight stuff, and then um, we would either practice if we were in practice, like during that time we practice after school, and then I would go to fish or sports and do like speed and strength stuff over there. So that that's probably like a normal day during okay. the off season. Awesome. I think kind of looking forward to the draft, Carson, obviously it's something that's got to be on your mind in some capacity. I know some some guys don't really like to think about it too much, but how does the current environment uh, with a shortened draft change how you think about the draft and kind of uh, how that process will play out for you or does it at all? I mean, I think with the position I'm in and what people tell me, I don't think like them shorting it to five rounds is going to really affect me as much as others would, obviously, but mm -hmm. it's obviously different. It's once in a lifetime thing. And I've always dreamed about being a draft prospect and obviously going through the process with my brother and all that. It's definitely motivated me to get to this point. So I think, I'm just here to enjoy it and enjoy the, the rest of the time I have up until the draft and we'll, we can see what happens. Yeah. Oh, well, awesome. Well, Carson, I think those were the big things I wanted to hit before we jump out of here entirely. Are there any players at the major league level that you either grew up uh, liking or using to kind of model your game after? This is a question I like to ask uh, a lot of prospects just to see kind of who they look up to or see themselves in. 
at the yeah. major league level. But is there a guy or maybe a couple of guys that kind of jump out to you from that perspective? I mean, I think current players, I would have to say, like, Fernando Tatis, Javi Baez, the Lindor, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Those kind of guys are pretty electric and fun to watch. And then, obviously, like, my friends are in the show. Like, obviously, watch my brother and Cody Bellinger and Scott Kingery and all them. So, it's obviously fun to watch those guys just because I've, I've grown up with them. But Tatis and Baez and Lindor and those kind of guys are definitely people I, I watch and see, see what they do and see what they bring to the table in, in their game in the major leagues. Yeah, who was who your favorite team growing up? Um, I mean, I never really had a favorite team. I just, I just like watching the games and watching the players. Mm. I, I never had one, one specific team. But I gotcha. I mean, I would always like root for the Yankees or the hometown team, the D-backs. So I mean, whatever, whatever's going on, I'm watching it. Just so. a fan of the game in general. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. All right, man. If there's not anything else you want to talk about, I'll let you get out of here and get back to work. I know you're probably doing a lot of stuff right now. But uh, again, thank you for the time, Carson. I really appreciate it, and we're excited to see uh, what you. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Take care. I'd like to thank Carson again for just taking the time to kind of sit down and and talk through some of the stuff that he's been doing and his preparation and kind of his development as a baseball player. It was a fun conversation to have. And and thank you to all of you who listened to this podcast and made it all the way through. If you do enjoy the podcast, if you could go uh, like and leave a review or uh, a rating at whatever podcast app uh, or feed that you listen to, that would be very helpful. If you have not subscribed to Baseball America, I would consider doing so. Now is always a good time to subscribe, just with the amount of draft content uh, that we have over here that you're not going to find anywhere else. That would definitely help us out, uh, and I think there's plenty of information and a lot of stories that will make that subscription well worth your money. But thanks again for everyone for listening, uh, and we'll see you next time.